This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. For our teaching time today, we are going to go through several different passages, and we are going to start with the first passage being from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And so that reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now what we know here and from this verse is that the beginning of knowledge truly begins with the fear of the Lord. And our next verse is Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voices for understanding, if you seek her as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, the topic is the fear of the Lord and what this means for us as believers and as followers of Christ. Now, there are many, 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 many verses in the Old Testament talking about the fear of the Lord. So, lest we be confused and think that it is entirely a concept that's covered in only the Old Testament, there are numerous passages in the New Testament which testify about and talk about the fear of the Lord. Paul wrote in Philippians 2 verse 12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And again, he teaches in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, the writer to the Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And then Peter said, If you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. And the Apostle Jude declared, save with fear. So he's talking about being saved and then receiving the fear of the Lord. And Jesus urges us, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, what we get from all of these is that there is a certain necessity of knowing and experiencing the fear of the Lord 
which leads us to wisdom, to righteousness, and having a reverence for God. Now, one of the prime examples of this concept is Solomon. In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 1, you know, you, we remember that Solomon was regarded as one of the wisest people ever. And he was regarded as being extremely, you know, with it, and that nothing could confound him. There was no question anyone could ask that he didn't answer or be able to find the answer to. And so he walked in his life with the wisdom and fear of the Lord. Now, Solomon, yes, was the wisest man in the Bible, but he also became what we would call the most foolish in the Bible. If we recall Solomon and his life, he was righteous and receiving you know, great wealth. And the queen of Ethiopia, they said she's the queen of Sheba, came to visit him saying, I've heard about you, but I've come to check you and check it out for myself. And so she was amazed with Solomon. And she said, I didn't even know half of what you know or what you could do. But now then Solomon had a weakness. And his weakness was women. And so he started marrying all these different women and they came from everywhere. And eventually, because God had warned them about that, they turned his eyes and his heart away from the Lord. Thus, he lost his fear of the Lord. And here's the product of that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, Solomon writes, A good name is better than precious ointment. But here's the key, the second phrase of that. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. So he's saying the day you die is better than the day you were born. And then from verse down to verse 3 in chapter 7. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by a sad countenance, the heart is made better. Now, does this sound like a guy who's upbeat and happy with life and how he's got it all together? But see, that's what happens when you lose that fear of the Lord. You lose focus in life. You lose your direction. You lose your optimism. So without the fear of the Lord, we pretty much sink down into the mire and have a real hard time navigating life after that. Now, Solomon, along the way, as he was the most foolish man, or as I like to say, he went from being the smartest man to the dumbest man, and now at the end of his life, he comes back and he regains that fear of the Lord. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, he writes, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. So at the end, Solomon regained all that wisdom because what? He regained 
the fear of the Lord. Now we have to ask a question now that we've been talking about this. What is the fear of the Lord? See, because the fear of the Lord doesn't derive us from God's presence. Rather, just the opposite. A good and wonderful fear, and note the word wonderful here, a wonderful fear draws us close to Him, and laying this firm foundation is vital. John Bevere wrote in his book, The Awe of God, and he said, Some say that the fear of the Lord only means to reverently worship Him. He says that's a start, but it's far from the complete picture. To fear God, to have the fear of the Lord, is to reverence and be in complete awe of Him. To fear God is to hallow Him. Hallow is defined as to respect greatly. To fear God is to esteem, respect, honor, venerate, and adore Him above anyone or anything else. When we fear God, we take on His heart. We love what He loves, and we hate what He hates. What is not so important to Him becomes not so important to us. Think about that. When we have the fear of the Lord, we have His priorities, because to fear God is to hate sin. To fear God is to hate injustice. To fear God is to depart from evil in every sense, thought, word, and action. It is to refrain from speaking deceitfully. It will not say or put on an appearance that is untrue to one's heart and thoughts. It keeps our outward behavior congruent with our inward thoughts, motives, and beliefs. To fear God is to walk in authentic humility before God and mankind. To fear God is to give Him the praise, adoration, thanksgiving, and worship He deserves. To fear God is to give Him all that belongs to Him. To fear God is to tremble before Him in wonder and awe. It is to give His Word and presence our full attention. To fear God is to obey Him. It's not just a desire, but an inward force determined to carry out His will, no matter the cost. We eagerly, willingly, and immediately obey even if we don't see a benefit, or it makes no sense whatsoever. But we carry it out to completion. To fear God is to abstain from any form of complaining, murmuring, or grumbling. I want to repeat that one. To fear God is to abstain from any form of complaining, murmuring, or grumbling. To fear God is to respect, honor, and submit to His direct and delegated authority. It is also to obey the delegated authority, with the only exception being if that authority tells us to sin. 
And the fear of the Lord shapes our intentions, thoughts, words, and actions. So to fear God, to have the fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of Him as we would be afraid of, say, yes, and I know this is a fictional character, but Freddy Krueger or someone like that, that's who we can be afraid of, or we can be afraid of some big, strong guy who can beat us to a pulp and that this dude has a short fuse and he gets angry really easily. That's to be afraid of. But the fear of the Lord brings us to the place where we hunger and we thirst for God's presence in our lives. We hunger and we thirst and we long to be in His presence, to have a deeper relationship with Him. To have the fear of the Lord means that we are taken up and we sense the glory of His presence in our hearts and our minds. And then when we have our devotion times, when we have that fear of the Lord, that healthy fear of the Lord, we are able to sense His presence in that. We're able to sense who He is and get a taste of His goodness. The fear of the Lord may be the beginning of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and it may give foresight in divine, clear direction, but it's also how we mature in our salvation and in our walk with Him. That fear of the Lord produces true holiness in our lives. And to abide in the fear of the Lord is to secure, most of all, an eternal legacy. And this fear of the Lord endures forever. It will never fade. And the fear of the Lord is a treasured gift from our Heavenly Father. It's a blessing. It's not a curse. It's a blessing and it just lifts us up to where we have that sense of peace and optimism every day. And it's not delirious where we go, you know, whatever. It's this sense that we have direction, we have the focus, and we know what our lives are about. And we never doubt that from the day we receive and walk in and begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm-hmm.